The scripture lesson for today comes from Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, verses one through six. Uh, I love scripture uh, because in scripture we find a lot of colorful characters, and today's no exception. I want to read to you again uh, from Nehemiah chapter four, verses one through six. Now, when San Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he mocked the Jews. And he said in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore things? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish it in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, that stone wall they are building, any fox going up it would break it down. <laughs> Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their taunt back on their own heads and give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt and do not let the, their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have hurled insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall and all the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. The word of God for all of us, the people and children of God. Thanks be to God. Scripture does have colorful characters. Amen, church? <laughs> Do not think you can ever achieve something great without being criticized. These words were spoken by Oprah Winfrey in an interview she had done. Although she was speaking to a present-day audience, this truth is as old as time. For as long as humanity exists, there has always been critics. There are always persons who take it upon themselves to tell others who are attempting something noteworthy or groundbreaking that it cannot be done. Men and women throughout the ages have suffered the negativity and the belittling comments of the critics. They have been told they should quit, that what they're trying to accomplish cannot be done, or that they will fail at trying to do it. The critics have tried to deter them from doing what they had set out to do. And the words they use are ones that would cause the faint of heart to stop. Ask David as he volunteered to take on Goliath. They told him he was but a boy and he could not defeat the giant. Even his brothers told him to go back to tend to his father's sheep on the backside of the desert. Ask Henry Ford when he was trying to get investors to partner with him in building cars. One investor told him that horse and carriage were going to be around forever, that a car was just a novelty and it will soon fade. Ask John Reblin and his son Washington when they were trying to connect Manhattan to Brooklyn and other engineers told them that it was an impossible feat. It would not be, they would not be able to build the Brooklyn Bridge. If men and women over the century had listened to their critics, we would not be where we are in history today. We would never enjoy the privileges that we have. The technological and medical advancements we have today would not have happened if women and men had thought about their critics or had listened to them. 
the work they had accomplished would never have been. For all the men and women who had defied the odds and created things that were far ahead of their time, one of the main things they had in common was that they ignored their critics. Today we are continuing our sermon series, Rebuilding a Legacy, and we are looking at Nehemiah's determination to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We are also going to see how he did not allow his critics to deter him from what he had planned on doing. After Nehemiah had gotten permission from King Artaxerxes to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and after he had gotten the resources, he went and he scouted out Jerusalem by night, and he saw the destruction that had happened and the ruins of the city and how the walls and the gates were broken down. And he got together with the, the leaders and the people and he spoke to them about the favor that God had shown him with the king and how the king had even supplied the resources that were needed to rebuild the wall. He spoke to the people and the people decided that they would join with Nehemiah to rebuild the walls. You see, the walls were broken down when the Babylonians came and attacked Jerusalem. They carried off a number of the Jews into exile and they burnt the walls and tore down the gates that surrounded the city and a few were left behind. Those who were not taken into, exiles and into exile and were left behind were living in abject poverty. They were living in fear because the wall which was supposed to be a means of defense for them was torn down. And around them were enemy nations and tribes that were always trying to attack the Jews. And so they were in precarious times. When Nehemiah heard what was happening, he beseeched the king and got the king's permission and resources, and he set out to rebuild the walls. You see, city walls are important in those, were important in those days. The city walls ensure the well-being of the inhabitants and the safety of those who lived in the city. The walls were means of defense and they were, were protection from those who wanted to attack, from outsiders who would come and, and, and attack those who were living in the city. So it was important, it was necessary for there to be walls around the city of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah came and with the people, they started the work. And then the critics came out of the woodwork. Sambalat and Tobiah, they came. They were a part of the enemy nations that were living around the Jews. And they came looking at the work that was done. Isn't it strange how when you're living in a certain way, nobody sees you until there is something happening in your life. People come around and start talking. You know, we, we know how that goes, right? You're down on your luck and people look at you and pass you by as if you don't exist. And the moment something turns for you, the critics come on out. Now, there is something that you need to know about critics, most of them, not the constructive one who, ones who tell you how to make your life better, but the ones who want to see you stay down. There is something you need to know about those kinds of critics. 
One, they live in their own reality and they cannot see beyond their reality. Their reality is what they impose on everyone else. But also, and I think this is the part that is important in this story today, is that the critics also cannot imagine anyone else going beyond where they are, because where they are is where they have the power over others. You see, the critics are, have a way of trying to maintain the power they believe they have, and so anyone who tries to break out from their hole or from their grasp, they will go at them full force, criticizing them. You see, if the walls of Jerusalem were being be rebuilt, it meant that the enemy nations could no longer oppress the Jews. It meant that the enemy nations could no longer attack them, could no longer say they weren't a people or weren't a nation. So they had every reason to be angry when the wall was rebuilt. They had every reason to be upset. And so they came out and they started ridiculing them. And as Josh read earlier, they were enraged when they saw the work that was happening. They tried to humiliate them. They tried to shame them in the presence of others. They mocked their efforts, calling them feeble. Tobiah actually said, if a fox crawls on that wall, it will topple over. But Nehemiah and the people kept on working. Nehemiah responded with a prayer, and he, he did not let the critics stop him. He saw their criticism simply as a way of trying to deter them from doing the work that God had called them to do. You see, we don't need to fight with our critics, church. We don't need to even respond to them. We don't need to go back and forth with them. When our minds are set to do a work that we know God has called us to do, we should never have time for the critics. We need to keep on doing that faithful work. We need to keep on doing what God has called us to do. That is exactly what Nehemiah did. He and the Jews kept on working, kept on working, kept on building the walls. And I can imagine how insulting and frustrating it had to have been to hear people taunting them and jeering them and mocking them, even while others were standing around listening and witnessing what was going on. And oh, it is so easy to try to defend yourself when you're being criticized. I know what that feels like. It is so easy to try to defend, but Nehemiah kept on working. He kept on working. He kept on doing what he knew that God told him to do. The critics were intended, were, were, their intent was to undermine the morals of the builders. They intended to distract them from what they were doing. You see, church, I am a firm believer that if we are not criticized, we are not taking risk. If no one criticizes us, we are not doing anything amazing. Why would you criticize someone who is just getting by? Why would you criticize someone who is just doing the ordinary? If you're not being criticized by anyone, you probably need to raise the ante just a little bit more. Because people criticize you only when they see that you are taking a step to move to the next level. But as you are being criticized, I would say to you, let your work do the talking for you. 
Let your work be the answer to the critics. When Colonel George Washington Gothel was building the Panama Canal, he faced many obstacles. There was the temperature, the geography, but most of all, there were his critics. And those who knew him and who were working closely beside him and saw the plans that he had would come to him ever so often and say, why don't you respond? Why don't you respond? And he said, you know, I will, I will. And they would ask, when, when? And he said, when the work is done. The Panama Canal is one of the greatest feats of mankind's or humankind's imagination and work and engineering. Many thought it could never have been done and it would never have been done, but it happened. Let the work that we do be the, the answer to the critics. The only way we can avoid criticism, church, is to do nothing, to say nothing, to be nothing. But we are disciples of Jesus Christ, and we are not the do-nothing, say-nothing, be-nothing kind of people. Amen, church? We are not the do-nothing, be-nothing, say-nothing kind of people. Yesterday, David Bevel Jones, son of Bevel Jones, who was one of the former senior pastors here at St. Mark, shared a story in the clergy page on Facebook. And he told about how he reconnected with Dow Kilpatrick's son, and Dow Kilpatrick was one of the former pastors here at St. Mark. And he said Dow Kilpatrick was one of the most courageous persons of his time. And he told the story how in the heights of the civil rights movement, Dow Kilpatrick was bent on allowing the doors to be open to everyone to come to St. Mark to worship, including blacks. This was the same time when the First Baptist Church that was across the street had their deacons and members locking arms together, forming barricades to ensure that no blacks would enter their church. Dow Kilpatrick and his family and his son had lived in the parsonage that was on Beverly Road. David Jones said yesterday he found out that they had burnt a cross on the parsonage's property because of what Dow Kilpatrick stood for. Living the commands of Jesus to ensure that everybody was welcome. Everybody knew they belonged. Everybody knew they were loved by God. They even bought a German shepherd because there were reports that the KKK were going to kidnap their son and say they bought the German shepherd to protect him. When you are doing good, people will criticize. When you are making a difference, the critics will come out of the woodwork. We are no stranger to criticism, St. Mark. We know what it is to be criticized for showing the love of God to those who are marginalized and those who are left by the wayside of life. And so today I stand before you and I say to you, keep on doing the good work. Keep on doing the work that God has called you to do. Last week, Jess preached about what it means to be committed to the work. I want to encourage us to keep on doing the work. And 
in addition to the areas that Jess mentioned last week, there are three things I want to point out that we must keep on doing, keep on building. The first and the primary, which is the foundation for every other work that we will do, is keep on living by the instructions and teachings of Jesus Christ. Keep on building up ourselves as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. We are told in Matthew 7, as Jesus ended his Sermon on the Mount, he said, anyone who hears my words and, and take my words to heart and, and live by them is like a man who builds his house on the rocks. And when the winds came and the waters blew, the waters came and the storm blew, the house was there standing. But anyone who hears my words and do not, does not abide by them is like a person who builds on sand. And when the storm came and the wind blew and the, and the waters rose, the house collapsed. Let us do the work of building ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ, following Jesus' instructions and teachings and commands. And so when we do that, we are strengthened to do the next thing. The next work we must do is to truly love God and love neighbor as self. What does that mean? And I should say, when we build ourselves as disciples, when we do that work, expect to be criticized. First of all, they, they, they had said we could never be a true church because of who we are, right? So we're going to be criticized, but we're going to keep on being disciples of Jesus Christ. No one has the right to tell us who we are except Jesus. So keep on doing that faithful work. The second thing is to build bridges of love. Loving neighbor as how we love ourselves. What does that look like? Let us keep on doing the work we're doing when we're allowing our doors to be open to men and women every Saturday morning and every Tuesday evening who come, who are unhoused or food insecure, and they come to our church and they're fed. Week after week, year after year, decades after decades. Let's keep on doing the good work. The good work that we have been doing. The good work that allows others to know that they are loved and they have a place here. As we would have wanted for ourselves, so we will do for others. Let's keep on doing the work. Let's build bridges of love. But we are also told that we should love justice and mercy. And so we need to be ones who stand with those who are oppressed. What would it be like when there is a shooting in Midtown? We go stand in our, our St. Mark shirts and our hats that Shella is selling and, and, and say we are a people who are resisting every form of violence and every form of evil, no matter how it presents itself. And we're standing in solidarity with those who are hurting, with those who are wounded, with those who are marginalized, with those who are left on the wayside of life. Let us build and do the work. There are people who are needing others to stand with them. I've been sharing since I came what it means for us to engage our neighborhood, to engage Midtown, and I want us to be out there saying, we are a people of God who know what it is to stand with others. It's in our DNA as a church. We have been doing it for, for, for decades. For more than a century, we have been standing with others. Let's keep on doing that. You see, church, 
we're going to be criticized. And we have already been criticized. So why not be criticized for doing something good? Why not be criticized for doing the work that God has called us to do? Why not be criticized for being disciples of Jesus Christ? Why not be criticized for being the carried away church? Why not be criticized for being the healing streams that flow from this place into our neighborhood, into our city? If we are going to be criticized and we are already being criticized, let it be for the good work that we're doing. Nehemiah kept on building. And he kept on building and he ignored the critics. And today we are called to do the same. You see, we are rebuilding a legacy, one that we already have, is, have deep in our DNA as a church. And one that we're building on for those who will come after us. Those who we may never see 50 or 70 or 100 years from now, if the world lasts that long, people will say, in 2023 or in 2024 or 2025 or 2028, the people who were here at St. Mark before us did a great work. And because of them, we are here today. As Nehemiah ignored the critics, so we too must ignore. And as Nehemiah worked, so too we must do the good work. Amen. As we enter into this time of Holy Communion, before we even begin the liturgy, I'm going to ask you just to take a brief moment and think of what God has placed on your heart for St. Mark. What is it that God has placed on your heart? It may not be something that we have done before. It may surprise you, and if you come to me, it may even surprise me. But God has placed it on your heart. As we go through the liturgy, I'm asking you to lift that. Keep that in the center of your mind, even as we begin now. <laughs> 